back, everybody, to another edition of Rotocurve Radio. And the podcast we have tonight is our weekly podcast with Matt Williamson that we call Deep Threats. And what we're looking at here tonight is uh, Matt and I are going to talk about the uh, the quote-unquote sleeper picks that we like for week two in the NFL that you can use in your tournaments. And I got to tell you, Matt, last week uh, you're on fire. Um, you know, (laughs) we, uh, you know, welcome in, obviously, uh, glad to have you back again. And, um, you know, just seeing Eli Rogers blow up on Monday night, I definitely had to give you a plugs on that. Um, I know a lot of other people are taking credit for the Eli Rogers stuff, but it's documented on this show that you absolutely came out, you know, the first week in August talking about this guy was going to make the team. Then he was going to be the slot guy. Now he's a focal point of the offense. So we'll see how that goes. But it was very obvious that Roethlisberger had trust in him. Oh, absolutely. And that's the key is I felt like during the preseason being around the team, they didn't love when reporters would ask about him and he didn't play a ton of snaps in the preseason. You know, like they were really trying to get Sammy Coates a lot of work, get Jesse James a lot of work because they knew that they were going to need him and they needed the work. Where I felt like they knew who Rogers was. Let's go out there, give him a series or two. Go, you know, get your pads off, son, and you know we know who you are. Wait for the regular season. Sure. No, it's good stuff. Uh, that was it. Was really good to see him have a big game. Um, so uh, we're gonna quickly we're gonna run down the way the show is gonna run this week. We're gonna run down Matt's picks from last week that we talked about. Uh, pretty big hit rate again. Sleeper picks bottom barrel, you know, mid-tier pricing and lower, and uh, pretty good hit rate on a lot of guys that no one else was on last week for the most part. So, again, that's really why you want to listen to the show is you're going to get an edge that no one else is going to have. So before we get into it, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, talk to you guys about this weekly promo that we have going on at rotocurve.com. $5 weekly membership, regular price is $7. You get week two NFL along with MLB, PGA, NASCAR. Um, promo code is RATH, R-A-T-H. Come in for 5 bucks. Get everything that we have to offer for week two of the NFL season. And we have a bonus this week of a $250 free roll for subscribers only over on DraftKings. So you might as well come in for five and play in the free roll and try to win some extra money, and that'll subsidize your uh, premium memberships over at rotocurve.com. Let's talk about the, the the picks from last week, Matt. We're going to go down position by position. Um, you know, we, uh, one of the big guy that we were on last week was Stafford. Uh, obviously, a huge matchup against the Colts, and you've been you know really saying it repeatedly. You know this Colts defense is in trouble. We saw Stafford pick them apart, but the guy that we were really, really heavy on and he came through in a huge way was Jameis Winston against Atlanta. I want you to talk about his game. Yeah, he looked great. I mean, he started a little bit slow. Yeah, I was and, a little you know. worried there. And then <laughs> yeah. he blew up, man. Yep. I'm just such a big believer in the talent, the player, yep. you know, the yep. Falcons have one guy to avoid in my opinion. That's mm-hmm. true font. Mm-hmm. And Evans is his equal anyways. Um, and they have a seriously young linebacker core. Is it like three oh, yeah. out of four rookies? Or I mean, it's yeah. Well, what they did this off season, they're they're turning into a Seattle like defense. Right. You know, like right. Keanu Neal, who they drafted, is going to yep. be their camp chancellor. Yep. You know, and what their big problem was last year was the middle of the field, the tight ends and running backs was highly highly vulnerable. So to their credit, they got a lot more. 
athletic, but they're still so young there. I mean, yeah. I don't think yeah. Jones and Neal and yeah. Yeah, the other rookie, you know, those guys are going to have growing pains. It might yeah. eventually fix it, but for our purposes, still attack it. Sure, absolutely. And we saw what Charles Sims did was another guy that we had talked yeah. about uh, with an impressive catch and run that really opened some eyes um, last week. Move over to the running back spot. And uh, again, guys that no one else was on, and I think the number one guy that I and, I and I hit you during the game, Matt Forte, was racking up touches like you wouldn't believe. Uh, he had a big game. Amir Abdullah had a big game. Ryan Matthews got a lot of carries, didn't have a big game, but again, you know, had the usage, just didn't come through. And the game that we talked about, Arizona, New England, as far as the Belichick one-game scheme and the game plan, was exactly what we thought with LeGarrette Blunt being a featured part of this game. Yeah, that worked out well. And uh, Abdullah, to me, is the feature guy, but he's going to split time. And, and Blunt's just so consistent in terms of a touchdown producer. And, yep. uh, you know, that game worried me. I, I thought there was a chance that New England got beat bad in that game. You know, that they could have been down by 20 sure, at the sure. half, and, yeah. you know, then they're throwing the whole time. But, man, I mean, Belichick was super impressive there. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I agree. I think, you know, it, it was one of those things where I thought the game was going to be low scoring. Um, it just came in under the total from a Vegas perspective because it dropped from like 48 to 44. But um, the way the first half went, boy, you know, it was like, what, 10 nothing at the end of the first. I mean, it just was an absolute blueprint about what Belichick wanted to do. Um my Patriots Homer Homerism is coming through a little bit there. Uh, (laughs) Let's go with the wide receiver group. Um, And uh, you know, you're on Baldwin and Lockett. Now Baldwin would had a monster week. Lockett was a little bit quiet, but I think a lot of that had to do with the Russell Wilson injury. They reeled in the game plan. You know, they really, really had to make some changes and they got out of, you know, they got out of that game with Miami alive. Uh, They could have easily lost that game. Yeah, that's a, that's the thing is I thought there was gonna be a ton of points and yeah. Seattle would win yeah. by you know if there, if there was one game that you said oh, there's gonna be one blowout this week I would have taken Seattle over Miami so to the Dolphins credit they hung around a lot better than I expected. Um, I'm I know you watch all the games I know you break down all the games. Um, my takeaway early on was that Miami defensive front got the pressure on Wilson and really, and then obviously the injury happened it just created havoc for them. Is that something moving forward? You know, how concerned about you are you about this Seattle offensive line now that uh, Wilson's got nicked up with the ankle? Yeah, but I, I feel like we could have this exact same conversation one year ago at this time, two years ago at this time, three years right. ago at this time, and they go to the Super Bowl. You know, I mean, right. Right. Uh, they fix it. You know, their offensive line coach, Tom Cable, is a former head coach, and yep. he's phenomenal. Yeah. You know, they have a lot of moving parts there. They don't have a lot of ability right now. And and the strength of the Dolphins' defense is clearly their defensive line. Namakong Su, people want to give him a hard time. That Boy, he was overrated last No, he wasn't. He is still a stud, yeah. and he can have it, yeah. Uh, Deshaun Jackson was another guy that looked good. Um, Cousins struggled in that game, but I still think that Deshaun is a guy that you want to look at. Uh, Sterling Shepard, touchdown. Uh, Philip Dorsett, pretty good game. And then Will Fuller had a monster game. He had a top 10 performance. Um, and he dropped the touchdown. Yeah, well, unfortunately, yeah. that's his M.O. <laughs> yeah, he's going to do that. I'll tell you what, um, this is a guy that looks like you know, there might be some quiet weeks from him, four for 40, 
but then there's going to be some big ones. There's going to be some six for, you know, six for a hundred and two touchdown type weeks for him. Yeah. And he's going to be the new Deshaun Jackson. You know yep. I mean? Who we talked That's about. That's a great comp. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Mike Wallace, Deshaun Jackson, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he'll break your heart with two touchdowns. He, he dropped that he shouldn't have this year. Right. And, you know, he'll win you your week in uh, daily or redraft five times maybe throughout the year. And if you're safe in other spots, he probably won't kill you some weeks. I don't think he's going to go one for 19 very often. Yeah, for sure. Um, so tight end, um, a guy that you were on, and man, talk about game script and the way this played out, is uh, Jason Witten. Um, and I know you talk about quarterbacks having their whoopee. Uh, Jason Witten probably is going to be Dak Prescott's whoopee right away. Yeah, and you know what? He had like 15 or 16 targets. Yep. And Cole Beasley had like 13 or 14 too. You know? Well, if so, they're throwing five like, yards, those are the guys they're going to throw to. Yeah, right. You know, and yeah. you know, t- the, the Giants did a really good job of taking away Elliott. That was clearly their goal. Giants defensive line played really, really well. You know, and what we talked about a week ago too, that the weakness of this Giants team kind of like the Falcons we just mentioned, or the linebacker safety area, you know, that middle of the field, the short to intermediate mid zones. So, you know, when we talk about Saints Giants, I think that's another very exploitable spot. Sure. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's get into week two, and uh, let's go down. We're going to go like we did last week, position by position. Again, guys, this is a sleeper pick show. We're not going to have the top shelf guys. Um if there's a player that that Matt wants to talk about that he likes this week, if the guy is a chalk play, which what we mean by that is is you know a heavily owned guy in tournaments or popular guy, I'll point that out and I'll let you guys know how to handle it. Um, but for the most part this week, I got to tell you, um, most of most of the guys that Matt likes are against the green type of guys. They're not chalk plays. Uh, and I think you're gonna, I think you're gonna like the insight that's gonna be coming through. We're gonna be talking about the quarterback position first off, and um, there's a there's a group of guys that you like this week. Starting off with the number one guy, and that's Joe Flacco uh, going up against this Cleveland Browns defense, quote unquote defense that got lit up by Carson Wentz last week. Yeah, and we should probably start the show, and you sort of mentioned it that I very much feel that there are three teams doing their best to have the worst defense in the league. <laughs> and that's the Browns, the Colts, and the Saints, of course. Yeah. And yeah. the Saints lost their top corner. I mean, yeah. the Saints at least tried to fix their defense. The other two really didn't. Right. So I'm consistently going to want to play everyone I can against those three defenses because I think they're really point. that bad. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, And, and you know, that's a big reason why I like Flacco. Um, he had a long one to Wallace last week. But if you remember, I mean, he didn't play a lot in the preseason. Flacco's still recovering from injury. Right. That's his right. first real game back. And they have a lot of new pieces there. Yes. You know, he didn't play with Mike Wallace. He hasn't played with Perryman. So, you know, I, I think there's a little bit of an acclimation process. And, sure. you know, the, the NFL fan in me would love to see Baltimore playing somebody good this week. Because I can't figure out if it's a good team or not. But instead, yeah. they, they play the Browns. And Flacco should do great. Yeah. Um, Perryman, I know he's a guy you like. Um, got on the field, made an unbelievable catch last week. I think people are really excited about him. And I think that's a guy that once he has that breakthrough game, it's going to be off to the races. We just don't know when it's going to be. It could be this week. Um, it's certainly the opportunity is going to be there. But Perryman has the explosiveness. I think Perryman's the electric guy out of this group. I know Kmart Aiken was good last year. 
um, and still should be solid. Wallace is your veteran deep threat. But I think the, the wild card with this Baltimore offense is going to be Perryman. And if he's going to make explosive plays like he did last week, I think there's going to be a lot of excitement there. Um, the next guy that you have on your list this week is Marcus Mariota. Uh, road game here going at Detroit. Um, you know, kind of a vanilla offense. But when you look at what Mariota was able to do last year, he does have the ability to have monster games. And is this a spot where you think, you know, maybe a weak defense uh, and this is going to be an area where Mariota is going to be have a big game? Yeah, I don't love the Lions defense. You know, I, I, I think Ansa's a great player. Levy, if right, a great player. Slay's Slay. a great player. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I wish this Titans team had a little bit more explosiveness to it, you know, that maybe he could hit the, hit somebody for a bomb and, you know. Yeah. I, I well, they had that guy and they got rid of him. So that's, right. you know. Yeah. Right, right. So I don't love this pick of, my, of right. the ones I picked. This one's not jumping off the page. But I think Mariota is a much better football player than what we saw last week. I mean, he really had a miserable outing. Uh, I think we'll see more of him scrambling in a dome with his feet. Uh, I could see, you know, I, I just think he's better than he looked last week and sort of a quote by low opportunity on him. Yeah, and you got to think Rashard Matthews is going to get on the field more this week. I think whatever they were doing last week, I don't really know what it what was going on there. Um, Carson Wentz is the next guy on your list. Impressive performance against the Browns. Uh, looked really sharp, looked really poised. Again, though, we know it's the Browns. Uh, a little bit of an interesting spot here on the road at Chicago Monday night. And I think the Bears played better than what most people expected against the Texans. Yeah, I, did, I thought Wentz, again, this was against the Browns last week. Let's not overreact. But I thought he was very, very poised. And I'm a big believer when you see quarterbacks for the first time at the NFL level is kind of a, do they look like they belong right off the bat? And he sure does, you know I mean? And if someone doesn't, that doesn't mean that they have no chance to be a successful quarterback, but boy, he's advanced. You know, he's at the line of scrimmage, making checks and changing protections. And that's really impressive to me. And the, I like the bears defense in the front seven, but I think their secondary is really, really poor. I mean, uh, one of the worst secondaries in the league. Sure. Sure. And who's going to exploit that? Ertz is a little banged up. I don't love their receivers, but still they have mismatches in their favor, and I think Wentz is going to distribute the football well. The cupboard's not bare here either. I think you had we had talked about that, you know, as far as Kelly, you know, what Chip had done the last two years by putting up ten and six records. The cupboard's not bare, you know. Whatever you think about Aguilar, look, he was a first round pick. Um, he's not a bust yet. Whether you like him or you don't like him, he's still a second-year wide receiver that was a first-round guy. Um, Jordan Matthews, third-round receiver, I believe was a second-round guy, a third-year yep. receiver, second-round guy out of Andy. Um, has has had a productive first two years, but kind of gets overlooked because there was so much hype around him last year. Ryan Matthews, still productive, running back in the backfield. Um they, you know, Ertz is hurt, but they still have Brent Selleck. So I think people focus so much on Wentz. Uh, North Dakota State uh, didn't play in the preseason, had the ribs. But again, the cupboard's not bare. He's not a rookie quarterback being thrown into a team like Jared Goff where he's got Todd Gurley to hand the ball off to and nothing else really. And I think he's got a decent line. You know, right. even oh, a that's guy huge. Like, he has a decent offensive line. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah, and even a guy like Sproles, you know, you dump it yep. to him on third and eight, and he takes it to the house, you know, and or Green Beckham is very much a work in progress, but they're going to feature him, you know, in the red zone. Sure. 
yeah, I think if he becomes a specialist, whether it's a Plaxico Burris type, I mean, that's, you know, the upside at least now for Doriel Green-Beckham. The last guy on the list is interesting um, because he now gets a start, and uh, that's Josh McCown, who, when he was on the field last year, was productive. See, the thing with him is I think he's a lot better player than RG3. And the, sure. their reasoning for playing RG3 is, hey, maybe we can catch, you know, lightning in a bottle. Yep. And change this franchise on the cheap. We don't have to use a first overall pick next year on a on a quarterback. And you know we can trade Josh and get sure. yet another draft pick. Sure. But he's a professional quarterback. I mean, he was not, you know when he's been the quarterback for the Browns, he has not been really the problem. I mean, he's not the answer either, but he's not the problem. Sure. You know, look at Barnage's numbers with McCown as opposed Huge. to without. It's yep. yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And Duke Johnson's. Yeah. He uses the whole offense and. They have a lot of weapons there. I mean, and now they get Corey Coleman too, so that's yeah. yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like Hugh Jackson and the weapons made RG three look kind of good this preseason. But you watch the tape on RG three, and he's still lost. I mean, McCown will orchestrate all that much, much better. Yeah. Let's slide over to the running back position, and uh, I really like what you're going with here in terms of um, some of the guys that you picked, um, and we're going to talk about that. But the first guy you get on the list is Mark Ingram. Uh, And, you know, we're expecting a lot of points in the Saints-Giants game, obviously coming off of the last year where they basically put up about 100 points combined. We know New Orleans' defense isn't very good, uh, but this game should be a back-and-forth type game. And I think Mark Ingram is a guy that no one's looking at because he didn't have a big game last week. Everyone's looking at Breeze and the wide receivers, and they're completely forgetting about Mark Ingram. Yeah, and I think he's a very good player, too. My worry is the Giants defensive line put on a show last week against the Cowboys' great offensive line. And are they going to take away the run? See, I think they just play it much different, though. I mean, if I'm the Giants' defensive coordinator, my goals are much different this week than they sure. were against sure. a rookie quarterback. Oh, and yeah, a, they're probably completely you know. different, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You know, yeah. just, just don't get beat huge. You know, yep. let's, let's keep yep. things in front of us. We don't have to be as, as stout at the line of scrimmage. So I, I just think Ingram, like you said before, was is kind of a slightly forgotten man. Um, I think he's a much better receiver than he's shown. Cadet caught a lot of passes last week, but Ingram showed last year that he's going to catch his share. He's a goal line guy, and like you said, there's you know between Breeze and Eli, they threw th- 13 touchdown passes last year when these two teams met. Sure. Next guy you have on the list, and um, really became a play late Sunday um, before kickoff, and that's T.J. Yeldon. With Ivory being in the hospital, um, chances are he could sit out again this week. Certainly, he's not going to be full go. Um, extremely cheap, you know, extremely affordably priced. Now, he did have 21 carries last week. He did have a touchdown, but he only had about 39 yards on the ground. But now they go on the road. They get San Diego. We saw what Spencer Ware was able to do to the Chargers. Bose is not going to play. Um, Yeldon, man, t- you know, maybe not huge upside, but a pretty solid floor for his price. Right, right. And uh, I like him as a player a lot. I mean, he's not real explosive. He's not super powerful, but he's got a little bit of everything. He's got good vision. He's real slithery. He's kind of a, um, I don't even know how to, kind of a strider. I mean, he, I like the way he, he gets through, can get small through narrow cracks. San Diego's deep, uh, uh, pass or run defense was really bad last year, and I expect it to get better. But the thing I like here is, 
Spencer Ware is an okay receiver, but the Chargers made him look like he's Darren Sproles. You know what I mean? Their linebackers are bigger, heavier guys. Yeah, I think Yeldon's going to make his money this week as a receiver. Definitely. Um, now, th- th- this next group of running backs, you've got we got four more running backs that you like, and there's kind of a there's a theme here, and that these are pass catching running backs. And the first guy you got is James White who um, you know, had a little bit of a quiet game last week. Maybe the game plan didn't necessarily dictate. We know that's pretty much Belichick. You know, it's one game at a time, game plan by game plan. Uh, but James White is extremely cheap, 5,600 on FanDuel, 4,000 on DraftKings. New England should be able to control this game. It's at home. I don't know. You know, I think there might be a little bit of hangover from the Arizona game just because they weren't expected to win. But it sounds like Belichick really kind of rallied them early in the week and said, listen, these guys cost us home field last year and probably cost us a Super Bowl ring. Do not get caught this week. Yeah, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about with Miami's defensive line, that I don't think it's a smart idea against this defense. The Miami defense, I think, is very good up front right. and gets worse and worse the further yeah, we get, get away from the ball. Exactly, yeah. exactly. That yep. why pound blunt behind – Two yeah. rookie guards and two backup tackles into Sue and Wake and those guys. So, yeah. therefore, let's try to get White on linebackers and, and you know a lot of quick hitting passing. And yeah. it just so happens this week that I I caught I picked a lot of receiving type backs. There's no rhyme or reason to it. It just worked out that way. Sure. Uh, Charles Sims is the next guy. And uh, again, I talked about the the the, th- the pass from Winston. Had an unbelievable catch and run for a touchdown against the Falcons. Looked really sharp. Looked really explosive. Um, this Arizona game, you know, Tampa Bay going out to Arizona. Um, you know, I think Arizona is going to lick their wounds. I think they're going to bounce back. They're going to have a big game. But I think Tampa Bay is going to be able to move the ball again here. Um, and with Peterson locking up um, Evans for the most part, you, you figure um, that's going to open up the pass game for Sims. And, uh, again, Dirk Cutter, screen offense, loves the screens. I think that, you know, Sims is going to be another guy again, you know, this week. Yeah, all that I agree with. Um, The thing I like most here, though, is I just have a lot of faith in the Cardinals and Arians. I'm hearing a lot of people throughout the week, you know, picking the boxes or upset special going to Arizona. Mm -hmm. With all respect to Winston, who I love, and the organization – I think they're going to get their hats handed to them. You know, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, I think the, you poked the bear last week, <laughs> and at home, Arizona is going to come out yeah. gunning deep against a really bad t- Tampa secondary. Yep. I see a lot of big plays on that side of the ball. And the reason that means something for Sims is I think he's going to be on the field almost the entire second half. That makes sense. Dump off passes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Com- coming from behind. Yep. Okay. No, I like that. I like that. I like that. Um, that angle with him uh duke johnson another guy that you like this week um is it this, it's a similar situation do you think the ravens are going to be up and mccown obviously duke's value goes up with mccown on the field and you know is it a similar situation there yeah that was the two factors is yep if this was rg3 i would not have highlighted duke but because it's mccown it, it, he's shown that he's a professional quarterback when it's not there he dumps it to duke he doesn't just run and get his shoulder blown apart. You know I mean? Right. He's, he's going to stay in the pocket and orchestrate the offense. Duke's going to catch more balls. And like you said, you kind of put the words on my mouth, in the fourth quarter, the Browns are going to be losing. 
Yeah, no, it's a good point. And then the last guy you have, and I'm going to tell you, nobody's on this guy uh, because they're really looking at Richard Jennings, uh, is Shane Vereen, who's 5,100 on FanDuel, 3,800 on DraftKings, one of the lowest-priced running backs in the highest-projected scoring game. Again, I, you know, I don't want to keep saying it, but it's true. No one's on Shane Vereen this week, absolutely, at all. But if you think about it and the way this game is going to go. Right. This makes no sense why he's so cheap to me. Well, he just hasn't he hasn't put up monster games. Shane right. Green doesn't have – he's a nice floor guy that's cheap. And I think the, the play with Vereen is this. I think that everyone's going to want to have a piece of the Saints and the Giants. And everyone's going to gravitate to Eli Beckham, Shepard, Breeze, Cooks, Sneed. But that's not necessarily how it's probably going to play out. And there's going to be some other guys in these in these in this game that are going to come through. Whether it's Cadet, whether it's Fleener, uh, whether it's Michael Thomas, um, you know, or it's Shane Vereen, uh, and, or Mark Ingram, who we talked about. I think that there's going to be some other guys in this game that are going to get a piece that you're going to have low ownership for, and that's what you want in a tournament. You want guys that no one else has. So I think the play in tournaments, yeah, you want to have some of those core guys, but I don't think you want to load up on all of them, is in some of your other lineups where maybe you're having uh, Rivers with his receivers or maybe you've got um, you know, some other, some other stacks that are out there this week. Uh, Oakland, for example, might be another team that you would put Carr, Cooper, Crabtree, and then you're, spr- you're sprinkling in an Ingram, a Vereen, you know, those kind of guys. So you're getting a piece of the game at low ownership, and if these guys happen to go off, it's it's going to be huge. So I think the Vereen play is really, really interesting, and I'm, I'm really curious to see how that plays out. Uh, wide receivers. My, my last note sure. on Vereen, though, is, is during the preseason, it seemed like a lot of us, myself included, weren't exactly sure how the Giants running back situation was going to sort out. You know, right. it was – is Perkins going to be a guy? You know, they had a lot of bodies to start camp. Sure, sure. Well, after week one, I think it made it pretty clear that Shane Vereen is the receiving back. And that's a huge part of McAdoo's offense. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, <clears throat> wide receivers, um, some of the guys you liked last week are going to come back and you're going to be on them this week. Uh, Deshaun Jackson was a guy that, that you're on. Um, so talk, talk about Deshaun this week and going up, uh, you know, again at home. Uh, going up against Dallas. Yeah, this is a bit of a strategy thing, and I think Dallas's secondary is better than most people give it credit for. It's not sure. horrible, right? But their right. but their pass rushers. They horrible. got three pretty good guys back there. Not not elite, but decent, solid. Yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's okay, but their pass rush is terrible. Right. Well, so, they got all the suspensions that people forget about. Right, and yeah. those guys aren't that great to begin with. You know, no. I mean, Greg, Gregory's very much a work in progress. Lawrence right. will be a good player, but anyways, the Steelers, a very very blitz heavy team. Didn't blitz Cousins hardly at all. You know, they basically just sat back and point. said, try to beat us. You know, we think you're going to make mistakes that you can't sustain long drives. And they were right. However, when Dallas played Washington, I think it was like week 13 or 14 last year. They, they're they not a blitz team. They came after him like crazy. You know, there was a total opposite way of, of attacking Cousins. Mm-hmm. And traditionally, Cousins screws up when he's under pressure. Right. So... I'm assuming, considering Dallas's pass rush, that they're going to blitz a lot. And if anyone's going to, you know, if Cousin reads it right and all of a sudden you got Jackson on Skandrick or any of those guys one-on-one mm-hmm. without a lot of safety support because of the right. blitz, 
Good I could see Jackson really converting into a, a huge play. I mean, like yeah. that that Cooks ninety yarder. Sure, sure. No, I love it. I love the I love the the breakdown there. I think that's a that's a really solid uh, solid play there. Um, Tyler Lockett was a guy that we both liked last week, and again, we like him overall as a player. Um, but again, the Wilson, you know, the Wilson uh, injury last week kind of derailed a lot. And they just came out flat against Miami. Miami's front four kind of, you know, was able to kind of control the line of scrimmage. Um, now we, we got Seattle against uh, the Rams in L.A. The Rams obviously laid the egg of the week uh, on Monday Night Football and looked horrible. Rams defense is overrated is what it sounds like. They did lose some guys. Um, but Tyler Lockett here, you know, with Russell Wilson, you feel like it's going to be a bounce back? Yeah, this is one I don't, I'm not jumping on the table saying for him, but I love the player, as you mentioned. I do very much think the Rams' defense is not as good, and especially in the back seven, and especially a corner as it was a year ago. But could Aaron Donald and Brockers and Quinn and all those guys mess everything up for all of us? Yeah, they could against that offensive line. So this one's a little bit of a proceed with caution because historically these two teams historically the rams play the division really well and i don't know why you know but they, they you would think this could be a low scoring 13 16 10 point you know one of those in the teens type of game but i don't think they have anybody that can cover lockett right. is the reason he's highlighted i think one of the one of the reasons why lockett is is attractive this week is his price tag is scary it's 4600 on DraftKings. It's 6300 on FanDuel. You're getting them at an insane price. And the recency bias, there's a term that we use in, in DFS called recency mm-hmm. bias. So many people were on the Seattle Seahawks last week because they thought they were going to blow out the Dolphins. It didn't happen. A lot of people are going to just ignore the matchup and jump off the Seahawks this week, not even considering that they're going against the Rams. So Lockett is going to be low-owned. Baldwin, is, who's not on this list because he's higher priced, is going to be low-owned this week. So that's why you want to play Lockett in the tournament because everyone's jumping ship and you're paying nothing for him and the upside is huge. The other interesting thing about Lockett is if you happen to pair him with the Seattle defense and he does return a kick for a touchdown, you get what's called the quote-unquote double dip. You get a touchdown for Lockett, you get a touchdown for the Seattle defense, so it's always attractive to get Lockett against a bad team. So that's that's the take. That's my take on Lockett. You heard Matt's. The next guy up on the list is Sterling Shepard. Again, we want a piece of this. Uh, we don't even know who's covering him uh, this week, and I don't think the Saints know who's going to cover him. And that's probably that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I just think he's a highly, highly impressive rookie who's sure. you know advanced for his age. Uh, fits in immediately in a really, really good route runner. Again, I just want more pieces of this game, yep. and he's not crazy priced. Yeah. So you're you getting him so cheap. Popular. Well, yeah, I mean, he's going to be a popular pick this week, but I still think that he – I think that, um, again, if you're not going to stack the Giants and you're not going to stack the Saints and you're going to have exposure if you're not going to have 100% exposure to that to those teams because you just can't it doesn't make sense but in the lineups that you have exposure to other teams you're going to want a piece of this game and that's where Shepard comes into play and that's you know again because of the price if you're paying up for other guys you're going to want to get Shepard in there because 
because of the Giants matchup and the price. Uh, Mike Wallace is the next guy. You like Joe Flacco this week, and Mike Wallace, uh, you know, caught a touchdown last week, and we saw Corey Coleman go deep. Uh, ironically, they're about the same price this week, Corey Coleman and Mike Wallace, but Mike Wallace still super cheap, 6100 on FanDuel, 4700 on DraftKings. An absolutely perfect tournament play because of the deep strike. Right, and he sort of has that Deshaun Jackson quality. Yep. Um, again, I'm just putting people in against the Browns. The Ravens had a, quite the rotation, really, at receiver last last week, where four of them played quite a bit. Um, I don't think Perryman practiced today, though. You know, yeah. so I wonder if maybe they're going to pull him back a little. I love the player, like you mentioned; he's the wild card for the season. But if he doesn't go, Wallace could play a lot of snaps against a dreadful offense or dreadful defense. And you know, again, I think there's a big play shot here for sure. Yep. The next guy up is a guy that I absolutely love this week. And uh, that's Vincent Jackson's from uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, these next two that we're going to talk about are my favorite, too. And shocked how low this guy is. I mean, 4000 I mean, uh, that makes no sense to me. And, and here's my thoughts. We talked a little bit about Arizona New England. Well, the Tampa Bay offense and the New England offense could not be any more different. You know, I mean, Garoppolo and Brady's a better example. Everything comes out quick. They yep. don't really have a number one receiver. You know, where Tampa, they still throw deep a lot. Sure. There's a lot of slow-developing routes, five-step drops, mm-hmm. seven-step drops. And, you know, if you're the Cardinals, you don't like playing the Patriots because we have this great Patrick Peterson guy, but we don't really have anyone to put him on. Yep. <laughs> you know? No, it's great. That's a great point. Yep. Yeah, and he's going to shadow Evans, and that'll be a great battle. I love Evans. Yep. But Peterson's the best corner in the league, in my opinion. And the rest of that secondary is very much a work in progress. Jackson does really well out of the slot. Mm. Um, I, I think he's going to have a lot of favorable matchups. And going back to Sims, I think they could be losing heavy in the second half. That's a good point, and they're going to be throwing like crazy. That's a really good point. I think Jackson, at his price, is a perfect tournament play on DraftKings in a flex spot. At 4K, you know, I'm always looking for a cheap play at the wide receiver position in a tournament because of the one-point PPR. Also, you get a three-point bonus on DraftKings if you get 100 yards. Basically, that's an equivalent of half a touchdown or 30 yards receiving or three catches. Vincent Jackson could get 100 yards in this game. And when you think about he's at 4000 if your salary cap on DraftKings is $50,000, and let's say for argument's sake you need 200 points to win, and that's what we call a 4X multiplier, we take 200 points, we divide it by the 50K, and that's a 4X. So you're looking at players that can get you 4X. That's why in tournaments, you want cheaper quarterbacks. You want guys at 6,000 because you get to get to 24. If they get a three-point bonus for the 300 yards, they can get there. You want cheaper – you want to mix in some cheaper guys that have a ridiculous upside ceiling and at 4K – what do I oh, – so let's say VJAX gets um, six for 100 and a touchdown. Well, that's, you know, six for the receptions, 10 for the yard, 13 for the yards, that's at 19. Six for the touchdown, that's at 25. He's costing me 4K. I got 6X out of VJAX when I really need – I need 4X. So I'm ahead of the game. Now, that's probably his ceiling, but you can realistically see how he gets there. Like you were saying, game script plus matchups – you know, Winston's going to have to throw the ball down the field to somebody. They don't really have a number three. Adam Humphreys, 
I'm sorry. I know people like him, right. but he's just, just not good. Guy. Right. Yeah. He's a jag. So, you know, that's my take on VJAX. That's kind of why I'm going, uh, you know, I'm expanding on it because I love VJAX this week specifically for tournaments. Again, if I'm stacking New Orleans and I'm stacking the Giants, I'm going to plug VJAX in my flex and I'm going to hope that he goes off. Uh, the, the last guy on the receiver list is another guy that I love, and that's Michael Thomas from the Saints. Again, we want shares of the Saints. Thomas had a quiet week last week, and a lot of people are going to be off him. Yeah, but I thought he looked comfortable for right. debut, a rookie debut, really good preseason, really good news coming out of camp in a complex offense. It's not an easy one to grasp. Apparently, he's not struggling with that. But you know who is? Kobe Fleener. And we talked about the Giants. The best way to attack them is the middle of the field. And if Fleener doesn't really know what he's doing, and he's a heck of a lot more expensive for his position too, Thomas is the Colston. Thomas is not going to line up outside the numbers you know, uh, against, you know, these, these man corners, he's going to be in the middle of the field. And for 4,000, I, I think this one's stealing. How are you going to cover a 6'4", 225? Right. And, and they're always going to throw. I mean, there's, yep. there's going to be points. Yep. Yep. No, that's, that's, that's great stuff. Uh, go over to the tight end position. Um, coming back to the Colts, you know, monster week last week for the Colts. Uh, Jack Doyle, number one scoring tight end in football. I got to stop you, though. I got to reconsider this one. I, I, okay. I thought strongly about Dwayne Allen here, and since I, I bolded it, I've watched some more of the tape, and T.J. Ward just did a phenomenal job against Greg Olson on Thursday night. So I'm, I'm backing off this prediction. So let's okay. just strap a Dwayne Allen move. I, okay. I like the player a lot. No, that's good. The I was shocked that he get... was 3,600. They yep. featured him like crazy. Yep. But I think Ward's a really underrated yeah, player. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, and, and you got Roby. You got Harris. I mean, it's just Tilly. I mean, it's. You know, uh, luck has been good against the Broncos. I don't, and, and he's probably going to have to throw. I don't know. I don't know about luck this week. I'm telling you, man. And with T.Y. Oh. Hilton not practicing today, I don't know what's going to happen there. But I I think that this could be a tough spot for Indianapolis. So, so let's go yeah. down the list. Um, Kyle Got Rudolph, some real cheap guys now. Kyle Rudolph, Minnesota. Um, you know, rivalry game at home against Green Bay. Uh Talk to me about why I like Rudolph this week. Because Bradford's going to be the quarterback, and he's a conservative player, middle of the field, dump it to him, safe. I don't love Rudolph as a player. Mm-hmm. I just think Bradford is going to trust the veteran and go that direction, especially early as a starter until he gets acclimated with his new sure. team. Um, you probably you might be on top of this more than I am. Sam Shields, uh, I believe, is in the concussion protocol. If yeah. he doesn't play this week, does that open up to Stephon Diggs at all? Now, I know Stephon Diggs is not on our list, but just from a game plan perspective, does that open up Diggs at all? I'm a huge Diggs fan overall. I mean, I'm buying stock in this guy. I think he's going to be a great player. I think he's already he, showing that. He actually is on the list. I'm sorry. He's he, a, he, Yep, yep. I, I just Overall, I'm going to have a hard time endorsing the, the Vikings passing game until I at least yeah, see it. Yep. And that Packers secondary is still pretty good. Sure, you know? sure. Quint, yep. Quentin Rollins. Yep, you know, the, Williams. Yep. Yeah, and I don't think the Vikings are going to go three wide very often. That's no. just not what they do, you know? No, no, not at all. Could be a, could be a really ground ground, ground game. Um, Dennis Pitta is a guy that you got on this list. Um, we know we got on the field last week. Again, you talked about picking on the Cleveland Browns. 4,800 on FanDuel, 2,800 on DraftKings. 
Um, very intriguing play for me on FanDuel at 4,800 because this is, you know, when you're talking about tight ends at the bottom price point, you're saying, does this guy have have a potential of 50 yards receiving and a touchdown? Absolutely. And, right. And there's just not many people. When I look at this list, you know, maybe Brent Selleck. Dennis Pitta, Clive Walford, I think is a guy, Virgil Green. I think there's some guys at the bottom price for tight end this week. Again, I don't really pay up for tight end in tournaments. I'm paying up at the at the wide receiver position typically and at one running back position. Um, and so I need to save money somewhere. A lot of times I'm dropping down and I'm looking for a Dennis Pitta. I'm looking for a Virgil Green. I'm looking for a Brent Selleck. You know, somebody who's inheriting a role because of injury. Right. And I'm not sure the general public realizes that Pitta clearly is the starting tight end now. You know, yep. I mean, he's had so many medical injury and medical mm-hmm. problems, but he's back and he played pretty well last week. Flacco's very familiar with him. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, again, if you're playing the Browns, you got to love that. He's super duper cheap. And really, you know, Rudolph's fine. I mentioned. Azuma, you know, and I don't love him on this list, but Virgil Green and Pitta to me are highly attractive at twenty eight hundred. Highly think, attractive. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, um, you know, I've been talking a lot about, um, you know, who you're going to stack this week, and we know that New Orleans is going to be heavy. We know the Giants are going to be heavy. Arizona, um, you know, the Oakland. Those are. But here's the thing, man, and you talked about, you know, targeting Cleveland. I don't know how many people are going to target stacking the Ravens this week because I don't know if they really Makes sense. I because yeah. you don't know who's going to catch them. Right, right. who's going to catch the ball. Who's so, the running back? Who's the receiver? Who's the tight end? Right. Right. Well, I think we don't we don't going to stack the running back. We're not going to worry about that, but I think we're we're sure. looking at Flacco and then who are we going to pair with Flacco? You know, is it Perryman? Is it Wallace? Is it Aiken? Um, you know, is it uh Pitta? You know, it's, it's, you know, is it Buck Allen? Who, you know, it just – I think that what I would do, you're getting Flacco so cheap. I don't know if I would – I, I think you have to pair him with Wallace because of the deep threat. And then I think i just throw Pitta in there because I'm getting Pitta so cheap. And I'm not huge on all the – there's not a lot of top-shelf tight ends this week. Gronk's probably not going to play. Um, and, you know, I think that it's – it's just a situation where there's so many guys that are in the middle of the pack this week that you just drop down and you, and you go with Dennis Pitta. If you're stacking Flacco with Wallace, I'm throwing Pitta. I'm not going to guess who the other wide receiver is going to be. Yeah. I think that makes perfect sense. I mean, they're so cheap that if Pitta's your tight end, you're going to be loaded somewhere in your lineup. Maybe you have Odell or whoever. Right. No, I, mean, I totally like dogs. you could, you could go Odell and Alshon, uh, because Alshon's got a huge matchup. You know, you yeah, could go does. Ordell or Hopkins, who torched Peters last year. I think there's two top shelf wide. AJ Green is another guy. Like you sure. could go Odell and AJ or Alshon, and those are the guys. But then that those value that the stack, you're going to get Wallace super cheap. You might even be able to get a guy like David Johnson in there somehow if you decide to jump off one of the wide receivers. And you go David Johnson thinking that he's going to blow up. If, if, if you think that Arizona is going to put up 35 points this week, uh, 
you know, David Johnson, you know, if you think he's going to go for 150 combined total yardage and two touchdowns, you know, that's the guy that you're going to want a piece of because right now there's not a lot of high upside running backs outside of David Johnson. So, um, you know, that's, I think, some of the game theory that we that we, you know, we can get into about how to take how, you know, how to utilize these matchups and how to line up construct. Um we're going to talk about kicker and defense, of course, not huge. You know, I'm going to handle kickers. It's FanDuel only. My strategy for kicker is this. If I can get McManus at home, I'm taking him because he can he can boost a 50 or a 60-yard field goal, and that's going to be an edge. Uh, the way that they play, that's a high total game. Um, they're going to move the ball on the ground. They're going to kick field goals. They're going to, be, they're going to score. They're going to want to keep luck off the field. So I like McManus this week as my top kicker. Boswell's a guy that I always love because he's super cheap and he's on a great offense. And I've been rolling with Matt Prater because he's minimum price. He's in a dome. He's at home. And this Lions offense is rocking and rolling. So that's kind of my strategy for kicker. Um, we'll go over to defense. Now, again, guys, when we talk about defense special teams, basically what we're looking at is the, the we're taking away the top ten. Uh, we're not picking anybody in the top 10 as far as salary goes. So we're not going to have the Panthers. We're not going to have the Seahawks. We're not going to have those chalk plays uh, in here. But uh, Matt's identified some teams that look to be potential um, value plays at the defensive special teams. Uh, the first one is Oakland, uh, 4,500 on FanDuel, 2,700 on DraftKings. They're at home going against the Falcons. Yeah, they're at home. They they looked horrible in, in New Orleans last last week, but I, I've been saying over and over, I think the Saints are going to do that to a lot of teams. Yep. The Raiders have a lot of talent on this side of the ball. They have a lot of big play guys, but they're new. I mean, I think they're all kind of coming together. What if Sanu doesn't play? What if, you know, Julio they're pulls up limp? Yeah, yeah, they're nicked up in the receiving court. Yeah, yeah. so... Uh, I, I don't know. At home, uh, this I think it's like a good a angle. I think Atlanta comes into this game banged up a little bit. If these guys don't play, the Raiders are definitely going to become a, somebody that everyone's going to gravitate to. But I think right now, they're certainly under the radar. And I think the secondary is going to want to, you know, Sean Smith's got a lot of pride. He got torched last week. I think he's going to want to, you know, have some redemption. Um, the next team on the list is Detroit. Again, you know, this is good spots, what you're doing here. You're taking teams at home that are favored. Uh, that's always something that I look at. If I can get a home favorite against a – On the off- cheap. Exactly. That's right, kind of right. what I'm going to look at. Um, Mariota does get sacked quite a bit. You like the Lions in this spot. Yeah. Again, they're home. They're cheap. Onso's a sack guy. Um, you know, I, I don't have a lot to expand upon. I mean, to be honest – uh, I'm finding since we, you and I have been chatting that these low tier defenses are hard to get behind. So I'm picking yeah. them, but I don't feel as strong as I do about the other position players. Yeah, you know, no again, doubt they're about home, it. they're cheap. Yeah. Twenty eight hundred yeah. bucks. I mean, it really yeah. is what it's about. Yeah. For, the mo- for the most part, when it comes to defense special teams, you know, you don't want to get cute. Um, yeah, it's you know, you do want to go with the chalk. But here's the thing: if you can identify two or three value defenses every single week. And you have a system, and kind of what I look at is I want a team that's favored, I want a team that's at home, and I want a team that's going against an opposing quarterback that has a high percentage of sacks and interceptions. So mm-hmm. those are the three things that I look at. Um, Mariota obviously could could be there. Also, a team that potentially is coming in at less than 100%, which would be the Oakland play. Um, the next team on this list 
everyone's going to be off. No one's going to be on this week. But Miami defense did pretty good against Seattle. It's L.A. at home, Seattle on the road. You know, the L.A. Rams, no one's going to have this week. Uh, you know, you've got, them, you've got them written down here. Yeah, and again, just for the reason we talked about before is – I can envision a scenario where this is a 10-9 game because these teams are so familiar with each other that they always play it close and that Donald has two and a half sacks and Quinn has one and, you know, they just beat the dirt out of Seattle's offensive line. I could could paint that picture. Yep. No, I agree. Um, And I think also, too, the other thing I forgot to throw in, uh, you know, Wilson comes in a little bit nicked up. Um, right. What if he gets hurt? Right. And uh, is if you can identify a game where there's just no offense or potentially no offense or both teams are just going to run the ball into the ground. Um, you know, again, the, you, you do want to identify situations where your defense is going to be in a position to get sacks and interceptions. So you want the opposing team to be throwing the ball. But again, if it's a 10, nine game, which could happen, um, you know, you do get points for points allowed. And so, again, for Ram- we're not looking for a 20-point week out of the Rams. It's not going to no, happen. Right, right, right. But if we can get, um, you know, eight or we can get nine and we're getting them at dirt cheap and we're, we're, it opens up salary to, to spend at other positions. The other thing that you have to consider with the Rams is they have Tavon Austin. So if, if Tavon Austin is – uh, Yeah, that, that, that's, that's the wild card. Is you know you know they could potentially get uh, uh, that might be their only offense you know Tavon Austin returning a kick for a touchdown so you know that's always something that's in play the last team on the list is basically at the bottom of the barrel Fanduel four thousand dollars bare minimum salary and that's San Diego right and this kind of comes down to Bortles might throw him one or two you know mm-hmm. this is a long road trip. Yeah. Um, Verrett is the best corner that nobody talks about. Yeah. And what, yeah, what, if, yep. yeah. I mean, what if he Love does it. a very nice job against Allen Robinson yep. and you know, the, the, uh, the Jaguars offensive line remains a somewhat work in progress again, these are because they're super duper cheap. I mean, yeah, I, no, I, I, I agree. Think I think the char- I think the chargers are very interesting. Um, you know, if I'm going to stack, New Orleans, Giants, you know, Odell, and, and I'm going to have Hopkins and Alshon or whatever. If I need to save $1,000 somewhere, I'm just going to drop down. I'm going to go San Diego. I'm just going to go all the way down. I'm going to go San Diego, and I'm going to – because no one's going to have them. And I'm going to roll the dice that I get six. But I know I have upside of potentially getting more because I do have a stud cornerback. I know the quarterback's going to force the ball to his to his stud wide receiver. The quarterback has a high percentage of sacks and interceptions. Right. Like you were saying, they're on the road. It's a long road trip. It was an exhausting game for them last week in 90-degree humidity. Now they got to go all the way out west. I think that you know, you've got to find an angle on some of these plays. And if you can build and find an angle, at least you know that's something you can take and run with it. So yeah, and guys like Atachu and Ingram and Perryman and Hayward, they're better up and coming young football players than people realize. I think that the Chargers made good strides this offseason to improve on this side of the ball. I wish Bosa was more in play though. Yeah, yeah, that's the one thing about him that's been difficult, and then obviously he's now hurt. Um, that's going to about wrap it up this week, guys, for Deep Threats. I think we gave you some incredible insight. Matt, again, bringing it 
with some deep threat insight that you're not going to get anywhere else in the industry. So I want to thank you again for coming in and joining us. Um, again, coupon code wrath, go to rotocurve.com, get your uh, $5 weekly membership for week two NFL. You get baseball, you get golf, you get NASCAR, you get everything that we have to offer. Coupon code is wrath. And we do have that $250 free roll contest this week on DraftKings, So that's an added bonus that you can come into play. Again, we want to thank you guys. We wish you the best in week two. We'll see you back here for week three.